Hello there, and welcome back for another Toasted Tale with me, Jim. I'm really happy you decided to join me today around the fireside. If like me you enjoy hearing stories, then you've come to the right place. I think there are interesting tales in every subject, just waiting to be found and shared. In this podcast, we're going to take a random subject and use it as a seed to do some research And in that time, I'll do my best to find a story within that hopefully I and you can find enjoyable. So let's bring in the subject randomizer, give it a spin, and find out what today's tale will be. Alright, so today it's landed on the Universal's House of Horrors. Now, I just want to make it clear, I've never been to the Universal's House of Horrors, And as someone who jumps at the slightest scare in real life, I am not the expert on the horror genre itself. I'm just a guy who likes looking into subjects, finding a story, and learning a thing or two along the way. Now, with the power of podcast editing, I have actually already done the research for the Universal's House of Horrors, and I'm really excited to share with you what I found on that journey. First... When I got this subject, I thought it'd be really good to look into why some of us like to be afraid. It felt really weird to me, and it was a question that I had in my own mind. Objectively, being afraid isn't a positive thing. Yet, millions of people seek it out. And there are many ways to search out fear. And it's an emotion that many people seek. On the surface, the pounding heartbeat heavy breathing, cold sweat, and the feelings of butterflies partying in your stomach just isn't nice. So why do people want it? To understand this a bit better, it's good to first consider what we mean when we talk about fear. This refers to an emotion or feeling induced by perceived danger, or the threat of a danger. And this usually yields a psychological change and creates a behavioural response like fight, flight, or freeze. Understanding this can help us possibly explain the contradiction of the unpleasantness of fear and the large amount of people hunting it out. The first explanation I was able to find in the research was that we want safe fear. As mentioned above, when we get scared our bodies either go into fight, flight, or freeze. When we experience fear for a film, visiting a haunted house, or playing a scary video game, we can allow our brains to experience these extreme situations, while at the same time on a base level, it's still understanding that we are in fact safe. And when our brains feel comfortable with this safety, it's then able to enjoy the extreme situation it finds itself in. A second reason is for when we experience fear, our brain starts pumping out tons of chemicals for our body, like adrenaline, which releases endorphins and dopamine into your system. These are some of the same chemicals that cause pleasurable rushes and a sense of euphoria. And they actually work really nicely with fear, especially when it's safe. These are the same chemicals, after all, that back in prehistoric times when we were living in our caves, allowed us to take on saber-toothed tigers, run away from dangers, and do what needed to be done to survive. Or, if it is indeed a safe fear, 
then it allows your brain to let go of the control for a little bit and enjoy the experience. After all of this, when the experience of fear subsides, the secondary feelings of relief and subsequent feelings of well-being are then allowed to flow in to replace the adrenaline and the endorphins. A sense of calm can arrive. A third reason I found is that some people like to feel as if they are pushing the envelope of their own experiences by seeking thrills and seeing how much fear they can tolerate. For some, they may get a massive amount of self-satisfaction by being able to endure barrages of anxiety, fear, and suspense. I guess it's a type of thrill-seeking. Those people who jump out of planes, and bungee jump, and go whitewater rafting. Some of that stuff does sound more appealing to me than uh, just being scared for the sake of being scared. At least you're kind of getting a really cool experience from some of the other things. But I do understand that, once again, it's invoking those feelings and seeing if you can handle it. There's a bar there. Can you reach the bar? Some people really like that sort of ability to set a goal and try and, try and exceed it, you know? Fourth reason is that experiences often bring people together. And the stronger the emotion experienced, the closer connections can be created. I don't know if you've heard this, but <laughs> there was a bit of dating advice that was going around the internet a few years ago, uh, being banded around to people, um, that if you have a choice when deciding where to take your date, then it's often better to take them to a scary movie. This works in part due to the two people experiencing the fear together will have a release of the biochemical flood that we spoke about earlier, those endorphins, that dopamine, and the feelings that these two people will feel uh, will be pleasurable. And this can often be misattributed to emotional arousal, which can feel very similar to the pleasurable outcomes that some people feel when afraid. Also, if a film is particularly scary, then you and your date while walking out of the cinema may feel like you've overcome something together. You may not even be going out yet, you might not be in a relationship yet, but already you are achieving things together, creating memories of a time where you were both afraid, but you both got through it. And those kinds of things, in especially a prospective relationship, are really important. The final reason I could find in the research was that humans at their heart are simply curious creatures, and can often have a morbid curiosity about the darker sides of living. The fear of the unknown is one of the most natural and instinctive fears we have and is also one of our oldest curiosities. Now, I would tend to agree with that, but I would also agree with the next statement, that most humans like for their world to make sense. In a way, they like to be able to take what they do and how they live and be able to wrap it up in a nice little bow 
so they can feel like they have some form of control over events happening to them. And that's weird, because feeling fear intrinsically comes from a feeling of lacking in control. And so you're trying to balance these these kind of conflicting emotions of curiosity about the darkness, the wanting for control and to be able to have autonomy over your life, and then also wanting to feel fear, which is a considerable lack of control. So why does this occur? Well, whilst I was doing the research, I stumbled upon a few reasons for this, but the one that stuck out in my mind the most was that actively seeking out fearful experiences allows people to flirt with something that feels wrong. If we seek out control and order, then occasionally doing something that bucks that trend can feel a bit naughty and a bit wrong. And some people find that enjoyable. Almost like it's the forbidden fruit, the big red button saying do not press. When you're allowed to press that button with no real consequences, that can be fun. Now as we previously said, horror and the desire to be afraid has been a curiosity for as long as we can remember. And the first recorded purpose-built haunted attraction that we know of was the Orton and Spooner Ghost House which was opened in 1915 in Liphook, England. But even before then, we had things like Madame Tussauds, which is a wax museum that terrified visitors with their beheaded wax figures showing the French Revolution. And even now, they still have, I think, the torture chamber where you can see ancient medieval torture devices and other spooky attractions. But even before that, you had magicians and seances and performers who would really work on the angle of driving the fear up of their audiences, getting them to a heightened state so they could increase the enjoyment, the excitement, and of course then increase the amount of people who'd come and see their show. Now, these were all entertainment at their very heart. A way to get boots through the door and bums on seats. People paying to see their shows. And nowadays you can get these sorts of entertainment all around the world. But some of them do have special features which particularly draw in the big crowds. Now Universal Studios has made so many memorable horror films. Throughout the years they have had such main villains that have terrified generations of watchers, such as The Mummy, The Wolfman, Frankenstein, Nosferatu, and Chucky. Now, as you can imagine, these films have hordes of fans, and those people would flock for the opportunity to get a more intimate look at their favourite movie baddies. And this, at its heart, was what Universal's House of Horrors was able to offer. The attraction took around eight minutes, and you'd walk through a haunted maze, featuring performers dressed up in terrifying outfits, sometimes of their favourite horror villains. And it must have been a visceral experience, even though the guests couldn't touch the performers and the performers couldn't touch the guests, being that up close and personal 
with true horror must have been intense. And um, maybe I'm, maybe it's the skeptic inside of me. But they read to all guests before entering that they advised against letting those under the age of 13 inside due to how scary it was. Those suffering from heart, back or neck problems may want to turn away now. Those with claustrophobia, the fear of heights, the dark, and those sensitive to sudden and loud noises may find this a bit too much. Now, I'm sure legally those advisories were in place for the protection of their visitors, and they probably needed to put there just in case something happened. You have to imagine, though, the effect that warnings of this kind would have had on other visitors. Building up that level of fear, like, hey, you know, you've got to be careful, this is a really, really scary experience, you know. You may not be the same when you leave here as when you arrived. If you're not 100% confident, you may want to leave. It's like another marketing tool. It's like, hey, there's a high bar here. Again, look into those thrill seekers. There's a high bar here. If you can get through this, and you're pretty intense, you're pretty hardcore. That's going to really improve the after glow when you get through it, isn't it? You're able to hit that mark. And it's really perfect, isn't it? Especially if you like the films that are going to be featured. You get to walk around the sets of your favourite horror films while being scared by the villain of those horror films. Talk about immersion. You can't get much better than that. Universal had it all. They had the kind of licenses, they had the actors, they had the settings. And if you're a horror fan and all this sounds up your alley, then unfortunately I have some bad news for you. Unless you've got some kind of time machine in your garage or basement, and you can go back to the early months of 2014, then the Universal's House of Horror is no more. On July 26th, 2014, Universal Studios announced to its fans that this was the last chance to experience Universal's House of Horrors before it closed permanently on September the 1st, 2014. And what replaced it? Well, something even more terrifying. It became an entertainment, retail shopping, and dining experience for Universal Studios visitors. Spooky. I'm always fascinated by areas or pieces of time where there's a concentration of emotion or high energy. So I like that the Universal's House of Horrors, in that lot on the studios where the horror maze was set. The years that it was open would have gathered the emotions, the stories, the thought processes of so many who went through there. I think that's amazing. There are thousands, tens of thousands, who will have memories of that time and place where they shared a fright, the feeling of fear, and it's quite difficult to put into words or to understand the value that memories, shared experiences have like that. Now, as I said, I'm not someone who usually goes searching for horror experiences. I'm a bit of a scaredy cat at heart. I remember when in secondary school seeing, I think, the trailer for the Saw film, the first Saw film, and just thinking it was the most terrifying thing in the world. <laughs> Now, when I watched it later on in life, a few years later, 
I found that it really wasn't so bad. But I fear that my imagination may have run away with things a little bit. And that's probably why I wouldn't go to a house of horrors. I think as approaching the attraction, my brain would start racing quicker than I'd like, and I'd start feeling all those feelings of fear. Which, you know, doesn't look good. Doesn't look good for me. <laughs> but I do love that some people do like those sort of experiences. And it shows how diverse humans are, what we enjoy, and what we seek out to experience. So with that, I want to thank you all for spending your time with me today around the fireside. I really hope you've enjoyed learning a bit more about Universal's House of Horrors. If you did enjoy listening to this podcast and found what you heard interesting, then I release new podcasts every Tuesday and Thursday. The best way to be kept up to date as to new releases is to follow me on Twitter. My handle is at Podcast Tale, and it's there that I put all new episodes and also anything else I find interesting. So follow me at Podcast Tale for more. For wherever and whenever you're listening to this, I hope you all have a lovely rest of day. And I will speak to you all again soon for another toasted tale around the fireside.